0: so welcome back everyone to the mashup of all mashups between grizzly peaks radio and the apocalypse players where we are Mm -hmm. running the second edition reprint that chaosium just put out of the call of cthulhu box set with of course the amazing supplements one of which ghastly adventures and we are running the secret of castro negro and we are well deep into the investigation in in this episode for In the last episode, it was pretty investigative. Nothing got set on fire, which is kind of disappointing. But the characters did all find some important clues and a rolled-up cigarette, which Harlan is now pondering. And I think he's having sleepless nights over what that rolled-up cigarette actually is.
1: I feel like it's significant. But what does it signify? What's the subject? What's the object? Is it objective of its subject? I just don't know.
0: Yes, so Harlan and Jesse... I keep wanting to call Jesse his sidekick, which feels a bit diminishing to Jesse. He's my sidekick. I think it would be fair at the moment. Is it fair? Okay, so his sidekick, Jesse, and Shatterhand, the horse who seemingly was left in the lobby in the lobby of the Armitage Hotel. Chewing up those phone directories. They've rented out the room of the recently disappeared Joaquin Vieira Pereira. Yeah. A resident of Castronegro, which I think I did mention or or not. But either way, yeah. David Lane... But was someone also with a connection to Castro Negro, and that's who they've been following up on Leeds for, having been hired, Harlan having been hired by David's parents in Boston. And we left them there in that hotel room, looking at a, an empty street and, and wondering about these strange, black, very black-haired, sallow-skinned, rough-clothed individuals that had been hanging around outside Lane's boarding house well we also left the other group Dr. Bastian Fleischmann, Gilbert Gray and Lionel Fish and I would say that the tension seems to be palpable between the three of them I wouldn't say any of them particularly like each other but they are thrown together by circumstance more than anything because they are all following up the disappearance of Dr. William Godfrey who they have also at the very end of the last session probably ascertained that he has some connection to Castro Negro because the copy of Unarsprechlichen Kulten, Nameless Cults, was bought from a shop that apparently is in Castronegro. Lionel Fish found this out from one of his connections at the Albuquerque Inquirer. And they are currently on a train. Are they on a train or are they heading to the train station? Uh, why I can't not? remember. No, they are not on a train. They are planning.
2: We left it in the cafe, but let's start on the train.
0: Let's start on the train. Yeah, I think it's better to say we can be on the train let's just put them on the train they weren't on the train when we left but they are on the train now because you can cut you see it's called a cut isn't it it's where you cut where like people are in one place then amazingly in the next frame they're somewhere else and your brain just fills in the fact that they went from there to there it wasn't some like magical transportation they probably just walked
3: and we're sat in exactly the same positions around a table on the train so if it was a film you'd cut into them and then you cut back and just in on a train it'd be fantastic one of us is still talking one of us
0: (laughs) i wonder who Let's rejoin our three friends. To call them amoral would be maybe the right word. An insult to amoralists. Other words also spring to mind, but I don't think they're usable on a podcast. And we have Dr. Bastian Fleischmann, who, being of uh, Germanic extraction, is able clearly to read this German tome. And he is leafing through the pages of this very unpleasant and strange book detailing horrific practices by hidden cults around the globe. So while you're leafing through, Lionel and Gilbert are sitting, perhaps opposite each other in the compartment, and we will rejoin you, the sound of old vellum manuscript leaves being turned over accompanying your conversation. and Occasionally, me in the corner going,
2: oh, my god, oh! You know something, Doc? I've never been so happy not to speak German.
3: Yeah. Another feeling. I turn the book upside down and sort of scrutinise a picture in it. Ah, oh, oh!
2: Oh God, it's House of Leaves.
3: If you want to go into the house, turn to number three six three. Oh, I'm dead. And go back. I leaf back.
0: Is Sebastian actually licking his fingers whilst leafing through this book? I'm just curious. Yeah. Let's say it has a tang to it. These leaves, these sheets. I'm not sure what. Perhaps a bit. I don't know. Leathery, meaty. I don't know. Ooh. I am a
3: doctor. Maybe. I've, have I come across this in my actually somewhat limited experience of pharmacology?
0: Have I ever come across this taste before? I'd say almost certainly not. We'll I'll leave it at that. But what we can do, th- this really does remind me of that first episode of Cabinet and Curiosities, which is, was sort of okay, but not
4: amazing. Oh, I still have a watch.
0: But yeah. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do unless Lionel and Gilbert want to converse about anything we can just do this as a sort of roll. How... I think I'm just eyeballing fish.
2: Yeah, I think there's a very tense silence between us at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Things might be about to get a lot more tense because on just skimming through this awful tome D10 Sandlos Das Buch von den unaussprechlichen Kulten. It's a quarto, which is not very big and leaving through it, this one was printed in Hamburg, and it tells of, the the author of course is von Junst, and it tells of his connections to various cults and secret societies. And the edition that you're reading has uh, boasts, let's say, it boasts the horrific engravings of Gunther Haas, and And that's what's perhaps causing you to gorge on your almost sort of throw up bile into your mouth as you look at these awful carvings, uh, wood carvings, wood engravings. Sorry, not the wood, wood. These awful engravings, lithographs and so on. Metatints. Yes. And it seems like this book not only describes these cults and these horrific practices of human sacrifice and depravity, and the usage of living humans as vessels and media for enacting arcane rituals and summoning terrible forces from beyond the veil, it does seem like it has some practical instruction as well in some of these things. And as you're reading it, this immense feeling of doom starts crowding your mind. The fact that this seems to talk about real things happening in the real world, things that you might have had an inkling of, but certainly never, ever thought were possible. What's going through your head right now,
3: Dr. Buston? He sat there occasionally gasping and his eyes occasionally dart to his doctor's bag that's next to him on the chair. He keeps thinking about the amphetamines, maybe the amphetamines make it better. Well, it is, this is, is a depressing read. Just a little, little something to perk me up, perhaps. Might be able to get through it quicker as well.
2: Hmm. Mm.
0: I mean, we'll see what happens because it's almost as if the words are weaving their way into your brain, worming their way into your brain. The images, you know that you're not going to be able to get these images out of your head, no matter how much morphine you might inject into your body or how many nights sleep you get away from this thing. But you also sense it has an immense power about it. And you do, from your few hours of, of skimming in intense silence... You do get five Cthulhu Mythos from reading this book. But at what cost? That's the good part. You also need to roll two D8 to see how much sanity you're about to lose. Oh, minimum two. Bloody Nora.
2: You could be getting another five points of Cthulhu Mythos in a moment.
3: (laughs) Old school, old school, old school. So on this, if I go to the D8 and then go to two, that should roll me. Yes, that will do it. That will do it. I can't actually
1: see what I've rolled. Holy shit! You can all see before me, I haven't seen it, I can't see it, where's it gone? It's in the chat, whoa! It's not as bad as it could be, Dom, it's not as bad as it could be. It is not as
0: bad as it could be.
1: Whoa! <laughs> oh, it's pretty bad. That's two sevens, isn't it, Andy? That is two
0: sevens, and we all know what seven and seven is.
2: Bad news. You
0: lose 14 points, I can't believe I'm saying, I think you go going definitely insane, probably. I think, uh, let's have a look, what, did he say?
1: what was it, 14?
2: Yeah. Unless your sand starts off as higher than 70, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: I'm Indefinitely Insane. Well, Dan and I will leave, and you guys should play out the rest. Have fun.
3: We'll see you in (laughs) Castanigra. Oh, God. If there was one character who didn't need to go Indefinitely Insane... It's always the psychiatrist. Psychologist, sorry. I think in the awkward silence you two are having, my gasping, after about 15 or 20 minutes, you've noticed that my gasping has stopped, and when you look over, my face is just... I'm just holding the book in this rictus, open mouth glare.
0: I wish we could put that picture onto the podcast, because that is exactly it. Your silent scream. Almost paralysed by fear from reading this thing. Something about it just connected with you on a very deep level, a very, very deep level. And, I mean, you're not necessarily going to have a bout of madness, because you do also, unless, you know, you always do if you go going definitely insane, don't you? Scott. back me up on this i don't i can't yes you do there's no you don't have to make intelligence roll for this
2: you don't even need to make an intelligence roll and of course with this being mythos you get another five points of cthulhu mythos so
0: he does indeed he does indeed so i think we need well firstly roll a d10 this is how many rounds this bout of madness is going to last for how many stops on the train tunbridge wells so that's quite good that's six that's a six that's six rounds and i think well i tell you what just roll a d6 this is determined whether this is gonna be a mania or a phobia great i think either could be good okay it's gonna be a mania it's gonna be a mania now here's the interesting thing i know a lot of people say don't roll randomly because you never get anything appropriate somehow in all the games i run it's always almost usually first time it's almost perfectly appropriate mania or phobia comes up so let's roll a d100 and see if i can continue this this run i usually get something really apposite
2: if you don't get something good i've got a suggestion
0: yes let's let's go to scott's suggestion if we don't get something appropriate so a 100 am i rolling Mm. oh yes you're deep in your bout of madness Mm. i always like to 91 oh no this is great this always works. You're on a train. You just rolled a ninety-one, a maxomania, obsession with being in vehicles.
1: Ah, perfect.
0: That's remarkable. <laughs> well, I think you're gonna have to stay on this train somehow <laughs> forever. Train robbery. As you look over me, it's a bit like Toad to
3: Toad Hall. I'm s- sat there in silence with my mouth open, and then suddenly I go, "Woo!" You are right there, Fleischman. This, this is our
2: stop.
3: Woo! Let's go round again! No, Fleischmann, this is this is our stop. I said Let's go round again! No, no, this is where we got it where we get off. This is Castronegro. Negro. Excuse me, guard, cause you hold the train. My friend appears to be in some difficulty. God! See people are trying to take me off the train. I want to go round again! No, no, you need to get off here, Fleischman. This is We purchased return tickets! Fish get a hold get a hold of him.
2: This is a train, it doesn't go round. It doesn't go round, Doc. It does go round.
3: Well, how do they get it to turn around? Woohoo! Don't worry about that. Just... <laughs> Christ, he's going to draw attention to us. If I can't sit and piss, I'll do it myself. And I start barging my way out of the carriage and going along the corridor towards the front of the train. I get up and start following. I've got my bag with me, I think.
0: The guard, who obviously has heard you shouting out and glorying in the pleasure of, of train travel, stands up and he says... Easy there, fella. We're approaching the station. You you, you sit yourself back down. Uh, These things tend to break pretty sharpish, and you might go uh, head over heels. Get back to your compartment, please, sir. I would love that. I want to
3: feel every element of train travel. Are we not living in the greatest time of the human race that we can travel at these impossible speeds? Collectively, en masse, it is uh, the uh, communal dream. Movement forwards motion, together, as one, as one indomitable species.
0: Out of my way, I got to drive the train. Uh, sir, sir, look, uh, please. I know it's my—it's very exciting uh, on these locomotives, uh, and sometimes I get a little bit excited myself, occasionally. Uh, uh, but uh, there's no need—there's no need to cause a commotion. If you—if you sit down, maybe I'll tell you what. Maybe I'll ask the driver. He'll let you hop up into the uh, onto his lap. Up, and, up into the steamer. And maybe he can pull the whistle when we get into the station. How about you sit yourself down, uh, just nice and quietly? Now, uh, you, you seem to be scaring these good folk over here. People are like just staring at you and muttering to each other and a young girl starts crying as well she might
3: she's overwhelmed with the excitement yeah it's, it's something like that I, I think
2: i'll place a hand on the back of, of bastion's arm and says it's, it's all right, Doc. right you're going to be okay you, you remember why we're going to castanegro right you remember the, this is where they train the train drivers this is where they teach you how to drive the big locomotives i don't need
3: it i will operate on instinct
2: you gotta get off here otherwise they'll never let you drive a train."
3: No, I have to go. I, you, you said, you, I turned to the guard, get him up against the wall. You promised me, you promised me I could go in the front of the train.
0: I said, I'll, I'll ask the driver if that's okay, but right now all I need you to do, sir, is just go back quietly, just turn yourself around, go back quietly into the compartment, sit yourself down, and maybe we'll go and have a chat with, with the driver when we get there. Is that okay, sir? And then he turns to Lionel and says, would you mind escorting your companion back to the compartment?
2: I'll do that, yeah He
0: seems a, a bit agitated there I'm, I'm not sure what exactly has gone into him Sit? How can we sit now? When everything is so palpable
3: And then I look through the window at the little girl crying I go, woo I slap him round the face
0: He's a family man, he's a family man So, yeah, make a fighting brawl roll
2: And kill God.
3: Uh, oh, I'm um, doing it on this, aren't I? just picked up my dice
0: You can do it however you want No, I don't hear It's the green one, right? It's the green one, yes uh, Oh, my fighting brawl's not great Nope, fail Would you like to spend five luck to turn that 30 into a success? Well, oh, it depends, what am I going to get out of the success? You're going to get to slap him
3: Yeah, I'm going to spend the luck
0: Justice <laughs> I'm, I'm spending the luck <laughs> Okay, so given that Gilbert's in his ecstatic state He's he's not able to dodge or, or anything So you slap him very hard across the face Leaving a nice red welt across his cheek Get a hold of yourself, man
2: I was going to say, yeah, Doc, you've you, you got to get a grip on yourself. Yeah, you, you carry on behaving like that and they'll never let you drive a train.
0: You can both make a... Probably you got 1% in it. I'm not sure. You can both make a psychoanalysis role if you wish. Uh-huh. To try and, like, calm him down. But unless you've got any points in it. What's unfortunate is I have a 60 in that. Yeah, you're the one that... Sh-
2: Does Gilbert get a bonus die on the psychoanalysis for the slap?
0: I would say yes. The slap gives him a bonus dice on the psych.
2: That was a therapeutic slap. That's very kind. No.
0: So, Scott, would you like to tell me what you just rolled?
2: I just rolled 100.
0: And what is your skill in Psychoanalysis? One. One. (laughs) I think there should be a new rule for if you get 100 when you've got a skill of one, it's even worse. I mean, it's like a mega fumble.
2: Yeah, the only way it could have been worse would have been if this had been the second of a push roll.
0: Yes, yes. So, well, let's let's leave that for the moment. Would Gilbert also like to make a psychoanalysis roll with it? I mean, it can't get any worse, can it? It could. So, if I... am going to
3: could. If two of you fumble, I... I'm... So, to, to roll with a bonus die, do I just roll twice? You hit the purple. Oh, the purple one does it. Brilliant. Yes. It... I'm hitting the purple icon.
0: Well, I mean, you rolled a four
3: on a one. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's
0: only three luck.
3: Yeah, Yes, I mean, it's an E3 luck. Yes, I think I will, because that
0: justifies me having spent the five luck previously to get my bonus die, right? In a weird kind of way. Okay, so that's a fantastic role you just made there, Dan. So, Gilbert, your slap, I think, will have the design effect. Unfortunately, Lionel, what is it you say exactly to Dr. Bastian Fleischmann to send him into this insane rage? Possibly murderous rage at you.
2: Well, I think it's just simply telling him that if he carries on behaving like this, they'll never let him be a train driver. Surely that's got to push him over the edge.
0: Well, I mean, I think the ecstasy has turned to blood boiling rage right now, Bastion. It's curdled. Yes. You've been stymied. The, the First this guard, now this Lionel Fish. Stopping you from getting what you want, Dr. Fleischman.
3: You think I can't drive a train? I am a psychoanalyst! I am a highly educated individual. I know three languages. And I, I pull the gun out from my back and I shoot once into the air directly above. Bang! I've seen cowboy pictures. I know how to drive a train to carry on up the- Yeah. And then I think I look in the window and go, don't worry ladies and gentlemen,
4: I'm taking control of the vehicle. It's gonna rob the train. It's gonna stay, it's gonna I think
2: at this point, I just put a hand on Gilbert's shoulder and says, I think we gotta let him drive the train Doc."
0: Now, much though I want this to happen, I feel it would be very mean to not let Dan's wonderful role have some effect. So Gilbert, you know that you've got the measure of Fleischmann, Uh, you know that you can influence him. What are you gonna do? As he's stalking up the center aisle, everyone's like diving for cover. There are people screaming and shouting. The, The guard is cowering in the corner of the carriage. Listen, Fleischmann, Fleischmann. You've uh, upset a lot of people here
3: by uh, discharging your weapon. I think the police could be here any moment and confiscate your weapon and, and never let you drive a train again. If we get off here at Silver City and we go to the train driver school, just like Fish explained, then we can buy you your own train. You can drive it as much as you like. But if you stay on this one and try and drive it, people will think you're crazy. We know you're not. You're sensible, well-adjusted doctor of um, psychiatry or whatever you are, and you are fully qualified to drive a locomotive. And the gun is just um, a tool to help facilitate that. We know that, but the police might not realize that. Get off this train. We'll buy you your own locomotive. You can drive it round and round forever. I turn to the cowering guard and I say, you see what you made me do? If you just let me have a go on the train.
0: He's saying, oh please, mister, please. I, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I'll, I'll go talk to the driver.
3: You're not going to die. The train is the safest mode of
0: transportation. A small wet patch appears on the crotch of his trousers. Very reasonable. I start putting
3: the gun away and I say, uh, all right, well, as long as there's another train that we are
4: transferring onto, then perhaps... Uh, We'll find you another train.
2: It's alright, Doc, there's always another train.
4: It's the most disturbing, like, Breaking Bad, Wind in the Willows mash-up.
2: Christ alive. I got it, Breaking Wind.
4: <laughs> breaking Wind. Oh! Yeah.
3: Oh, too good. Part four, Breaking Wind. Yeah. That's what it's going to
4: be they called. They
1: can't see that Andy is called Eldritch Organ. And it turns out that that's what he produces.
2: Breaking Wind.
1: Here's the Eldritch Organ who produces our broken wind. Andy, would it be OK for us to be... Could we have got down to the horse, the hostlers? The hostage. Oh, the horse. Don't take a hostage, not yet. <laughs> OK.
0: Here's what we're going to say, is that you're heading down out of the Vieira Pereira's room and heading back down to the where the horse is tied up, and you, and you hear the sound of the train arriving, and then you hear a gunshot coming from the fourth carriage. And you look across to the tracks, Harlan and Jesse, you look across to the tracks, and you see a commotion going on, in the third carriage of the train as the brakes screech and it comes to a halt in Silver City train station. And people start fleeing the train. The doors get flung open and there is a steady stream of shouting and screaming people running from the train. And uh, you hear a a man's voice saying, there's a madman on that train. He just fired into the roof. Get the hell out of here. Here,
4: Harlan, sounds like uh, that might be one of our perps or might be someone that sure sounds like trouble. You want we go check it out? Exactly.
1: Hey, hey, I put a hand on his shoulder as he looks enthusiastic. To get to the horse, presumably, you're going to go on the horse, I assume.
4: I hop back up on Old Chatterhand, who's still in the foyer. We're still in the foyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, hey. Yeah. He's drinking out of the fountain, the ornate fountain. Hey, buddy, hey, buddy, come on, buddy, come on, let's take Old Chatterhand's outside. Yeah, true that. You can take the Macalera out of Ireland, but you can't, you know. Well, you can't, actually.
0: The proprietor says, you got to play for the cleaning up of that horse mess you left behind, mister. Hey, listen.
4: You can use it for fuel. What am I, your boss? Right, come on, let's go.
0: As you leave the the not-so-clean Armitage Hotel, and there's a big commotion going on at the train station across the way. You hear that gunshot, Harlan?
1: I heard it, but we don't want to go straight into any trouble, especially without a contract. You know what I'm saying? So, uh... Tell you what, we see if anyone runs from the carriage, and then if they don't, we close in slow, or...? It's just a coincidence, trust me.
4: You're probably right, you're probably right. First thing we
1: need to do is secure me a horse, too. Well...
4: Unless it's someone with black
1: hair, emerald eyes, and a little lightning scar on their forehead. Maybe that kid over there who's who's shouting out, maybe she'd know. Hey, kid. Kid, where's the nearest hostelry? Hostelry? No, that's not the right. How do I say it? We're, a place Afterwards. to support Hostlers. thank you. A little girl fleeing from the train. Oh, sorry. She's fleeing from the train. Maybe we should check this train yeah, out. Yeah, she's running. She's saying, I don't
0: know, mister. She, she runs down the high street.
1: Well, if it's a kid and it's a girl, if it's a girl, I think I go into slight... It's an echo of Gilbert Gray. A beautiful echo of it's the family man. And I go, no, wait a second. And I look back at Jesse and I can see him hungry for action. And I think, all right. And I say, sure, sure. Sometimes there is a coincidence. Let's check it out. You uh, take that side. I'll go this. You're fast. I'm slow. You get me?
0: So you make your way across the main street and there are a few people still scattering in all directions as you arrive. And you see that the The guard of the train is walking with a rather awkward gait and looking very pale. And he's gone up to the driver's cabin and hauled him out of there. And they're they're just kind of running away as well. And you hear someone definitely heading to call the police at this point. You hear shouts of, get the police, get the police. And yeah, you see uh, three rather singular looking characters. I think two of them are probably wrestling with the other one in this carriage and he seems to have a gun in his hand that he's sort of waving about. Here, Harlan, these look
4: like exactly the sort of experts we need, I don't say. Kid, this is not what experts look like, trust me. No, no, you're right, you're right. love how it's now become a Coen Brothers film. This feels what
0: <laughs> it is.
1: How much room is there behind them? Is it, is it the kind of thing that Jesse could sort of outflank them in the horse with the speed and just kind of ride around behind?
0: They're still on the train, the three of them. Oh,
1: they're still on the train. Sorry, I missed that.
0: Yeah. It seems like all the passengers have just disembarked and run for it, because obviously there's an armed lunatic. There was an armed lunatic. What do you reckon, Harlan? looks like some sort of domestic
1: dispute or uh, something along those lines. What I see is a man with a gun. Let's just steady this down. We don't know what the situation is. Hey, you there. you on the train. The three amigos. You want me to get closer? You stay ready. You stay ready. Stay on my right-hand side there. Right.
0: I like the idea of Jesse riding up to the window on the back of Shatterhand and just, like, peering in.
1: Sure, I like it. Take a pass. Don't spook him.
4: Yeah? OK, I take my rifle out and I don't level it at the windows, but I sort of... Uh, I run alongside the windows and as I trot closer, I sort of uh, just use the butt to give it a couple of hard taps and I say, uh, here, what are you doing bothering the folks of this town? Listen, Fleischman, that, that looks
3: like the local cops, OK? You've got to calm down, all right? I look at Jesse through the window and go, woo Wow. Enjoy your horse,
4: you idiot. Okie dokie.
1: I tip my derby
4: hat. I circle back around to Holland and say, uh, they're just lunatics, man. They're lunatics. They don't know what's going on. Well, let's hear him out. Uh, I'm sorry. He's, uh, our
3: um, companion is not well. We
4: need to get him
3: to a, a hospital. And, and I lean over to Doc Fleischman and say, by hospital, I mean a train driving school. As quickly as possible. I don't care for institutions about
4: trains. The train itself is what is needed. Right, well, the police are on their way, so...
2: But Doc, Doc, think how much better you'll be at driving a train once they've shown you how to do it. I mean, from what I hear, if you've been trained how to be a locomotive driver, if you've been given all the right instruction, it's it's like you become one with the train.
3: I could be one with the train right now. We have to get it moving again. We're sitting ducks.
2: No, 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 no. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be right. I mean, you need to do it right, don't you, Doc? I mean, if you get up there and you try to drive the train and you don't know what you're doing, it's going to ruin the whole thing for you, isn't it? It's going to be so bad. You want it to be good, don't you? You want. It, you want it to be good. Your first time.
1: Hey, Marx brothers. Hey, Marx brothers. Just a minute. We're we're in the middle of a very complicated <laughs> interpersonal <laughs> dilemma. I'm going to give you a can of ten. And by ten... As he
4: says that, I cock my rifle over my forearm and I level it at the windows.
1: I sweep my coat away so the colt's ready and my hand's on it. But I'm not, like, got it out. At the end, go on gone on.
0: At this point, Bastian, you do feel somewhat your sanity returning to you as your bout of madness is passing. What an embarrassing moment. Of course. You are indefinitely insane. So this this means that you now have an underlying insanity, this mania is always going to be there. You don't have to act on it unless you want to, but you are very vulnerable now to having bouts of madness uh, until you get psychotherapy, yes, and all sorts of things like that. But you you are able to somewhat control yourself now, let's say. At that moment where he suddenly sort of starts to regain
3: control of himself, I'd quite like to knock him out. I think the moment just before you do that, I'm still struggling, and then I suddenly stop and I look out the window and go, oh, we're here. I've got my 38 up in the air, raised over his head. About to bring it down. And you stay your hand? And he says, over here. Over here. And I just walk straight off the train. In my bag. And I, I bring it down and miss him because he's just moved away.
0: You shove Unashbrechtli you know, and Colton back into your bag and happily strike. <laughs> Silver City, mein Gott. At last. <laughs> At last. What a long journey. <laughs> At which point Harlan and Jesse, as you watch this inexplicable scene playing out, you hear a click behind you, a very familiar click. The sound of a revolver hammer
1: being pulled back. And a voice says, drop the rifle, sir. Oh, my God. It's Boba Fett. I raise my hands and I say, no, we don't want any trouble. These three gentlemen, they seem to be in a state of distress. I was about to ask them their purposes in Silver City. I take it I'm talking to the local law?
0: Yeah. Yeah. it looks like trouble's just come in on the 8 o'clock train. Might be poetic for a
4: lawman, but
0: I do lower my rifle. And he says, now get off that horse and get these three out. You three, get out as well. And you see that uh, there is, in fact, uh, a law enforcement officer. policeman, but he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's got a, a revolver pointed at you there's a couple of maybe deputies with him he's got the sheriff's badge on
4: as I take down my r- rifle I say uh, now sir uh, we were just responding to the screams of our fellow citizens we're in this hotel here you can ask them we got the room booked all day we don't know what's going on with these three here but either way I'll get down at the horse but now you just uh, lower that thing on us maybe aim it at these hooligans who've uh, stopped this train
1: easy Jesse easy Jesse it's his town what's your
4: name son Jesse Jesse Brown. Right. What's yours, sir?
0: Ain't none of your concern right now.
1: I close my eyes and, and breathe very deeply.
0: <sighs> I just want to know what gives you the right to pull out an iron in my town. Well, I saw folks running for their lives screaming,
4: saying there was lunatics on the train. I decided I'd be a good citizen. Maybe you don't want good
0: citizens in this side of town, but that's all my thinking was. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we all go down the lockup, and sit ourselves down. You one side of the bars, me the other side. And we'll have a little conversation. Yeah, as long as you're inside the bars, that's fine by me. Yeah, the
4: logic of that escaped. <laughs> bagsy, bagsy outside the bars.
0: You're undermining my tough lawman, man. Don't undermine my lo- tough lawman. Sorry, I shit myself, and I, I do lower
4: my rifle, I say. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no need for that, sir. There's no need for that. Like I said, we're not involved, Well, I'm happy to talk to you here. I'll get off my horse. Look, old Shatterhand. Woo! Can we hear this conversation?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're jauntily getting off the train at this point, and then you realise that there are several guns pointed at you.
3: Yeah, my ears perk up. But do you say there are lunatics on the train? I'm a trained psychoanalyst. I might be able to talk to them.
4: See, that's one of them now, isn't it, Harlan? A train
3: psychoanalyst. He, now, now, Fish, now he thinks he can psychoanalyze trains. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Talk, what is it? Why is it every time you come into my life, I end up on the wrong end of a lawman's gun? Just why?
3: Listen, Fish, I, I know you and I have had our differences, but uh, I think we both need to keep an eye on Fleischman
0: here. He's uh, live wire.
2: Yeah. And then
0: the, the sheriff says, Right, shut your mouth, you. And you too. Okay, okay. Get down off the train, and we're all going to take a little walk over across the main street. That's fine. And no sudden movements, because my deputies, they got a mighty itchy trick of
1: fingers. So might I have permission to speak one tiny little detail?
4: This is my boss here, Harlan. He's a good fella. Oh. Sorry, I should let you speak for yourself. Easy, Jesse. Easy,
1: Jesse. I think we said enough.
0: I kicked my legs in the air. As they walk you across out of the station, yes, you can maybe converse... Okay. He's not necessarily going to shoot you just for opening your mouth. We'll see. It depends what you say.
1: I have here about the powers invested in me as an investigator that the uh, New Mexico State Authority the license to undertake private investigations. This here friend of mine, Jesse Brown, I employed him. How do? How do? I employed him as a, a tracker, a horseman, none finding that I know. I met him when I was working for the Pinkertons. I just wanted you to know that, we don't want any trouble. And this here's psychonauticalist he's no friend of mine, but but his companions, they seem to be involved in some thing that we were investigating. Now, that's all I have to say.
3: I am just a a humble high school chemistry teacher, and I appear to have been caught up in this... Chemistry,
1: you say? Chemistry? My hand goes to the cigarette in my pocket.
3: Our companion has just taken sick on the train, but I'm sure this can all be sorted out down at the station, officer.
0: And the sheriff says, Oh, Pinkerton man, eh? Former Pinkerton. Former Pinkerton. But they, you didn't cut the grade? They gave you a whole heave hole?
1: I I elected to leave, sir. I elected to leave. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't have much truck with freelancers myself. But, well, if you've got a license and it's all above board, we'll we'll count in your favor.
1: I guess I was hoping it might stand us the cell and maybe put us in a, a room where we could all have a cup of coffee.
0: Let's see. So... A couple of minutes later, you're... Old Shanahan, too. You're at the city jail. Silver City Jail. It's about time, to be fair. Because of maybe the way things played out, Fish, Fleischman, and Grey are in a cell <laughs> with the clank of the key turning.
2: I was going to say, before we actually get thrown into the cell, could I just try to have a quiet word with the the lawman?
0: You should, certainly, certainly, yeah. Just on
2: the way there and say, uh, look, uh, 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 Sheriff you got to understand, I want to stop you before you make a terrible mistake here. Yeah, our, our friend here, yeah, he is, he, he, as, as you've seen, touched in the head. But what you don't understand is he is one of the last surviving heirs of the Austro Hungarian Empire you know, before it fell during the war. I mean, he's, he fled to the US and has tried to create a new life for himself here. But, yeah, you know what it's like with those, those aristocrats and all the inbreeding. It gets into their brain and makes them a bit loopy. But, yeah, he, he's connected to powerful people back in Europe and here as well. mind the money behind them and the influence. uh, He's got that, what what do you call it, diplomatic immunity. You don't want to go throwing a man like that in a jail cell unless you you really, really know what you're doing. I'm just saying this because I want to protect your career. I can see you're a good lawman and you run a clean city here. I'd hate to see anything like that ruin your good reputation.
0: So I would say... Given what has preceded this, this will have to be a hard, fast talk roll. I think that's entirely fair. I don't understand that,
4: Andy.
1: That seems... Unpack that for me a little. I don't understand. That seems perfectly reasonable. With a bonus die for the state of his chin. No, don't unpack that. generous. I think it's quite generous. So I've made a hard, fast talk roll.
0: You have made a hard, fast talk roll. Every molecule of my being is screaming, do not let Scott talk the Sheriff out of locking up this lunatic. At the very least,
1: we're all just going woohoo!
0: Because the truth be told, I can't even imagine what would go through the sheriff's head now to not lock you up. There's literally nothing. I mean, you fired a gun on a train, causing the entire, all of the passengers to scatter, and the guards to literally piss himself
3: with fear. Blame the game system, Andy. I don't think it's had enough playtesting. Diplomatic immunity
4: is quite a scary phrase, I guess.
2: Yeah, but there's all that be- bad behaviour. But on the other hand, money and power. W- what are you going to do?
0: Mm, money and power. Money and power. I do look inbred. I'm so frail. So, the sheriff says, the ghost of a chin. I know plenty about inbreeding, mister. Uh, I don't know about foreigners, but I know about inbreeding. You're telling me this fella's got money?
2: Well, I No, I mean, he, he doesn't. No, no, no. But his family does. His family's got real money.
0: Right. Well scratches his chin as if he's thinking really hard about what to do next he still has got the gun pointed at at least the three of you perhaps not all five of you are under that trigger and he's still urging you forward into the city jail and when you get inside he says well, seems like I've got a decision here to make you telling me this fella here's royalty, protected, connected yeah, might cause a bit of trouble Might have to explain a few things, fill out a few forms, that kind of thing. But you got to see my issue here. you got to see my Mm. problem here,
2: mister. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Someone discharged a firearm on that train. Someone caused, well, I would say, irreparable psychological harm to the guard. Oh, my God. And a bit of a dry cleaning bill. And someone has to go in that jail cell. So why don't we say it's you, mister? He says, looking at Lionel Fish.
3: I think that seems like a really intelligent compromise, Sheriff, and... uh... I don't know. I think we should get the culprit of this wild shooting who has psychologically harmed the guard. This guard, does he need someone to talk to? I get my card out. Fleissman, can I persuade you to maybe keep your mouth shut for just five minutes? Well, you ask someone for their expert opinion, you don't take it? No, no one did. Well, I was on that train and I didn't hear any commotion. Mm, Yeah, maybe just... Take a moment to think that through and try and work out why that might have been. So, uh, please, Mr. Fish, if you would care
0: to step forward.
2: Sheriff, before you do anything too hasty, I know how things work in small towns like this. And I know any time there's a crime that you need to clear off your books, the best thing to do is always find some transient or hobo passing through town and lock them up. I mean, that's what you normally do, isn't it?
0: I take offence to that. I do things by the book. Having said that... Stranger passing through town who we can pin this on? Sounds about right. Now, would you mind stepping forward?
2: He I mean, Fish pulls out one of his business cards and says, Yeah, but I ain't no transient or hobo. I'm a newspaper man. And, you know, I got some copy to file, and I'm looking for a, a story I could write maybe on corruption in small-town policing. If I'm sitting around in that cell for any length of time, yeah, who knows how much time I'll have to write copy.
0: I'll tell you what. You sit yourself down... You, sir, as well, he says, looking at Fleischman. And you, as well, looking at Gilbert Gray. My deputy's here. They'll keep you company for a while. Now, you, Blake Brown, come into my office. Willingly. He leads you in, and he sits down, and he says, God damn it, my job these days has gone mine harder than it ever used to be. All this crazy stuff going on recently, getting the papers, all that. And now you two, uh, and your friends there bringing all this mess into my place. How are you going to fix this for me, Mr. Blake? He says, opening a drawer and pulling out a bottle of cheap whiskey.
4: Well, listen, you have a gamble on the, the GGs? Hey, hey, Jesse, Jesse, he
1: didn't say Brown, he said Blake. He did, he did, he did. I'm just saying. We're going to fix this, and my friend Jesse's going to tell you his first thoughts. All right. Jesse.
4: No, no, you're quite right, you're quite right. I was being uh, forward. I just said, you you ever gamble on the GGs? I mean, my papa's place was uh, Brown's Bangtails. I still own it myself now. We supply the best resources all around the state. Well, around many states. That's beside the, the point. Listen, all I wanted to say was, look, this is my boss. I'm not throwing you under the bus there, Holland, but uh, I'm working for you. And uh, listen, he is a licensed private investigator. I'm a licensed outdoorsman, horse whisperer, all that sort of thing. We don't know these three people you threw in the cell. We don't know who they are. We heard the panic from a train. We intervened on the behalf of the safety of the townsfolk. So uh, we're here to talk to you. And if you can help us with these missing people we're looking for, that'd be great. But other than that, I don't know what we can do. Sorry, Harlan. Like I said, this is my spokesman, Harlan. I take
1: my bowler hat off and I run my hand through my over pomaded hair. And then I take a comb out of my pocket where I say, mind if I comb my hair?
0: <laughs> As he does that, I stop wiping the sweat from my brow. He just kind of looks at you a squint and says, Guess not. And he uncorks the whiskey and he says, It ain't sipping whiskey, I'm afraid, but it'll have to do. And he pulls out three shots, one for each of you. He says, Now, I'm a businessman. I may not look like it and I may sound like an old-time sheriff, but I know which side my bread's buttered on. I don't want to cause no trouble with some fancy fella from Europe, Uh, but I need something in return. What do you reckon? What do you reckon you can, uh, send my way?
1: Well, thing is, every now and then, an investigation throws up a couple of extra bonuses. I'm here looking for Mr. David Lane. I think you know all about his disappearance. I do. His disappearance has a direct connection to Joachim Villaya Pereira.
0: Now, how'd you know that, sir?
1: I got some evidence. Huh.
0: Ain't likely. We cleared it all out.
1: Well, sometimes it takes, a uh, A slower man who doesn't have the pressures that you have from your work about getting the reports in to come in and ask a few questions late in the day. I'm not saying you didn't do your job right at all. You got what you've got to do and you keep the peace. Well, you were here at that train real fast. What I'm saying here is I'm reckoning the third man in that there newspaper article. Do you mind? And I take out the newspaper and I put it on his desk. How clean is his desk? Not clean. Yeah, I put it down. I put my hand back like something's coming at it. And I do a weird thing with my head where I jerk it forward. I start mopping at the table underneath (laughs) it. No, no, Jesse, Jesse, that ain't necessary. That ain't... All right, all right, all right. Your station runs on electric. That's real good. I look longingly at the light switch. And then I I look back at the sheriff and I say, what I'm offering here is I'm pretty sure that there doctor, Dr. Godfrey, I'm reckoning he might have been disappeared by the same folk. And I'm pretty sure that there's something that can come your way for solving this situation that'll make you look good, make me look good make my partner here look good, Jesse Brown.
0: Nicely done, sir. Not implying that I don't know my business, but also kind of telling me that I don't, without making me feel too bad.
1: Well, what can I say? I I come from mountain people, and we tell it how we see it. And I know that you're a man who respects that. Cheers. Nice. He clinks the glass and drains it, and he says... (laughs) Like
0: I said...
4: Not exactly sipping whiskey. What do you cook with that? Lizards? I see that happen and I throw mine on the floor. and wait for it to sizzle in the carpet. <laughs> Burns a hole in
3: the
1: floor. Do you want a constitution check or am I okay? You're okay. Uh, I'm streaming from my eyes.
0: No, he, he says, Look, I tell you what, I don't like having missing person cases on my books. Makes me look sloppy. Uh, the boss is up in Albuquerque. Yeah. They get mighty nosy about how we run things around here. But I tell you what, if you and your crazy pals back there take it on themselves to figure out what happened to those two, uh, without me having to bother myself too much and my is to have to get on a mule and travel across the desert, well, maybe I'll look kindly. Let them go with just harsh warning. Don't be a car, some small gratuity. You'll have to pay, let's call it a fine for public disturbance. That kind of
1: thing, yeah? I'm sure if we talk about fines, I can ask the Austro-Hungarian what he's got. Well, I'm glad we see eye to eye. And
0: the other thing I would say is, I'd like you to make your travel plans as fast as you can. You see, people talk around here, and they don't need to know anything about the five of you. So, I'll get a man I know to ferry you down to wherever you need to go and get you the hell out of here.
1: How about that? Well, sure, I think we're looking for Castro Negro. You are? Why? No, that's where this fella Pereira came from. Yeah, yeah.
0: true. True, but he disappeared right out of here. You're, well, I guess you smart fellas, you know more than a dumb old sheriff in a small town in New Mexico. You you must know what you're doing, eh?
4: <laughs> well, this guy Hollins smart. My- Couldn't say for myself, but old Shatterhand out there, he sniffed out the way to Castanegro straight away. I could tell he was ready to bolt that way,
0: so uh, I'd agree with my compatriot here. So, I'll tell you what. You go and uh, get that fine. Put it in my top drawer and then we'll we'll say no more. I'll call Henry the driver. He'll take you wherever you need to go. Castanegro, maybe. Sounds a long way, but that's where you want to go, fine by me.
1: Sounds real good of you, Sheriff. Might kind.
0: So You've managed then to somehow (laughs) Avoid incarceration However there is the small matter Of the fine Fish, uh, Fleischman and Grey Are in the other room This was a private conversation And too far away to like do a Well you you can make a listen roll if you wish I'd love to I mean I don't know how much I'll hear if we're in the next room But I'll give it a go well, given that you just rolled a hard success. Well, oh no, that's Lionel with his bat like ears. Fish like ears. <laughs> Fish like ears.
3: Oh, I thought I'd rolled mine. Did I fail to roll mine? Let me try again. Oh, wow. Extreme. Oh, hey, I see your hard success and I
0: raise you an extreme. <laughs> amazing, amazing.
2: We can hear what's going on better than the people in the room can. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, amazing. So a hard success and an extreme success. So, yeah, both Grey, I mean, maybe Fish, you can hear more or less what's being said, but Grey, you've got it absolutely, you have very acute hearing, and you hear this whole conversation going on. You even hear the pop of the cork, of the unplugging of the whiskey bottle, which makes you perhaps want, wish you, you were in there as well. Yeah, so you do hear what's going
2: on. You can hear just how cheap the whiskey is.
4: Yeah, yeah. And you just go, there you go. Jacob's Creek, Chardonnay, 1995. Like Father Jack at the pop. But uh, <laughs> as he maybe goes to get the keys, all I want to say to Holland is, uh, so were uh, these looms off the, the fucking train? What, we got anything from them? I guess we may as well ask if they know anything. But uh,
1: Listen, sometimes you get strange bedfellows. Yeah, true, true. we make the best of it. Besides, one of them said he was a chemist. Did you hear that?
4: Yeah, I did, I did.
1: Chemists can be useful. And the psychoanalyst. Might not be such a bad idea.
4: I've heard that
0: said. And indeed, that chemist.
4: And I got a lot of ketamine on me, but whatever he's got.
0: Of course, you got a horse. Yeah, so Gilbert, you did hear all of that. What's your reaction then to hearing this? So I look at Fish, and then I look at the deputy opposite me,
3: and I say, and I slowly put my hand inside my pocket, and I say, Deputy, I'm taking out my wallet. And I draw it out. I start drawing out notes, and I say, I'd like you to take this to your sheriff. I'd like to cover the bail for our companions in the office and ourselves. And I I keep counting until I see a sort of look on his face that I've counted out the right number
0: of notes. I'll tell you what, we'll see whether you're a good judge of character. You can make a credit rating or a psychology role at this point. I'd do a credit rating roll. Roughly the same, but it feels like that's more appropriate
3: to what's going on.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah. You may be good with chemicals, but you're not good with people, Gilbert, (laughs) clearly. It seems like you end up basically emptying your wallet. And he's just sitting there with his hand out. And by the end of this process, he has your entire cash supply. And he just folds it up and puts it in his back pocket. Oh, Bastard. And he says, sorry, I didn't quite hear what you said there, uh,
3: Mr. Gray. In that case, if it's all right with you, I'd like to push it, but I'd like to push it by trying something different. Yes! Oh, God. Having heard every word of what was going on in the room, I lean forward in my chair and I sort of stare hard into the deputy's eyes. And I say, I've got some very good friends in the Albuquerque Police Department. And I'm fully aware that they're breathing down your necks all of you here. You're putting a lot of pressure on about the missing persons cases. Now, if you let us out, we might be able to help you with that. If you don't, my friends in the Albuquerque Police Department will be putting on a lot more pressure than they already are. Fantastic.
0: Right. Given that you've used a very key piece of information there. I'll give you a bonus dice in this role. And this would either be a persuade or an intimidate roll to push. It's definitely an intimidate. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so a bonus.
2: Is this friends in the Albuquerque Police Department or your brother-in-law?
0: No, no, he's DEA. Okay, here we go. So you roll the... Oh, look at that. Oh, wow, that was so close. That was so close. I mean, the initial roll was a 94, but then you, uh, with your bonus dice that I rather generously gave you, but that's cool. You just passed... But, yes, he looks, like, a bit shocked at what you're saying. And then he reaches into his back pocket and pulls the notes out again. And he sort of unfolds them and sort of smooths them out. And he says, you just wait there, sir. And then he goes back into the sheriff's room. And after a few minutes of negotiation, conversation, just dumb luck seems to be on your sides. The five of you are ejected out of the jail, out of the Silver City Jail, and a car pulls up outside.
1: Thank God it's a car. Oh, my God!
0: Henry the driver leans out, and he says, Where to, fellas? And I say, Can I have a go?
4: I think what you mean was Castro negro. I hop up on Old Shatterhand, and I say, uh,
0: I'll follow along. And I think that is where we will end it for the day. It's thank you time again. So first of all, thank you, as usual, to Sirenscape for providing the amazing sound beds, sound effects, and music for the podcast. Also, of course, this podcast, it would exist, but it wouldn't have the same joy and energy it does have if it wasn't for the Patreon backers. I love you all. I thank you all. You make my day, my month, my year. And at whatever level you're backing, I'm just so, so grateful. And thank you for helping us keep going. If you want to show your support for the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash grizzly peaks where you can join at a variety of levels which will give you early access exclusive bonus episodes and even the chance to play in one of our invitation only patreon backer games and they've been awesome